Welcome back to a spooky episode of the Sponge Theory Podcast. My name is Aria. And my name is Lexi, and we have a special guest here today. Hi, I'm Pete. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we talk about Pete all the time, also known as Porter, if you're all confused. Pete and Porter are the same person. But we have him here today. And we are so happy that he is here. Um, today we're telling scary stories, which is something that I'm not good at and I don't like. So mostly what it's going to be is Porter's going to be telling the scary stories. Lexi and I are going to react. I might not sleep for the next five days. I'm should a be a hoot and a holler. <laughs> Anyways, but should we start with our peaches and pits? Yeah. Okay, let's start with Porter because he's the guest. What was your peach and pit this whole week? My whole week? Um, let's see. My pit was... I was feeling a little bit anxious about some of my classes. Like, in statics, I wasn't really understanding what was going on. But I understand it now, but I was feeling a little bit stressed out. And then my peach was probably um, going with Arya to Frightmares with her family. That was awesome. And, oh, yeah. Fun. It's fun. Your turn. Um, my pit was that it snowed. I don't know why. I'm just not ready yet. I'm not a <laughs> hater of, like, I love snow. I love skiing, sledding. Hot. It just feels so early. It's just early. Yeah. And so I just, I'm not ready yet. So that was my pit. And then my puge was also probably a lagoon. It was so fun, except for the new ride, you guys, Primordial. It was so anticlimactic. Well, it was a good ride, but we just waited for two hours. That's ridiculous. And then it just wasn't, it, it could have been fun. longer. I thought it was going to be like a roller coaster. That's what everyone made it sound like. I thought it was. It's more like Toy Story, the game, the ride at Disneyland, not yeah. the movie. Toy Does Story Mania? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. It's such a good ride. But we did get to hang out with my family. They're cool. And yeah, it was great. That's what wonderful. Um, my peach was on Tuesday. I learned how to roller skate backwards finally because I've been working on it for so long, and I haven't had the confidence to skate backwards at skaties. But I just, I just full sent it, and I did it, and I'm so proud. That's and awesome. also, I got to babysit my nephew, so that was fun. So fun. How old is he? He is. He'll be three in February. Oh, that's so fun. He's the perfect age where I can just like throw him around, and yeah. he doesn't care. No, that's about the same age as my niece. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, and then my pit. My roommate Reagan is gone, and I miss her. Yeah, she's been gone all week. Wait, she comes home today. Yeah. Reagan, come home. Come home. Just kidding. She'll be home by the time she hears this. That's true. If I'm she ever does. Reagan, do you listen to our podcast? Reagan. Text us if you do. <laughs> she just texted me a minute ago. She listens. <gasps> no. <I> Spooky. <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> okay, let's dive into the scary stories. Um, so, sit down. Get a friend in the room, because you might get scared. Don't pee your pants. Ooh. Okay, so the first story is about the nunnery. Have you guys ever heard of the nunnery? Oh, yes. The Logan nunnery? Yes. Yeah? I need to, like, look at pictures of cute dogs while we do this. <laughs> I thought you were going to say look at pictures of the nunnery. I'm like, my eh, nunnery. Honestly, it's, like, a really pretty spot. It's up Logan Canyon. Um, really beautiful. But, so the legend says that... Um, back in the day, it was like this nice little resort up in the mountains and then the Catholic church bought it. And then 
and there's like a big pool and then there's like a main cabin right next to it and then there are a bunch of little cabins out there basically just for nature enjoyers but then the catholic church bought it and basically if nuns were ever naughty and got pregnant then they would send the nuns there and when the babies were born they would drown in the pool like they would give birth into the pool and then the babies would just drown so there was like no what? like there was like no sign that they ever had um, any pregnancy or anything so crazy i don't think that's true but that's like the legend you know who and just thought of that one day and was like this is the story we're gonna tell so then in the 70s or no it was in like it was in like the 90s. There were some trespassers up there. There were some kids, and they were like going around, just stinking around the cabins. And um, some security guards, were, they like tied them up and started like whooping on the kids and like beating them. And they later claimed that they were like possessed. And that's like real. Like you can look up like news articles about that. So kind of crazy. And then, so then on my mission, I was um, on exchanges with this guy named Matt and um, Matt told me this story so he had a teacher we're gonna call him the professor and the professor right no it makes so the professor he was like a chill dude he was like the you know coach um, history teacher kind of guy you know mm. like not not a real teacher but just like <laughs> there for the vibes there for the good time and um, so he told them this story where um, in, high, in college, he went to Utah State University with his free f- three friends, Billy, Bob, and Joe. And I'm just going to call him Billy, Bob, and Joe. But so they went up to the nunnery, and they parked their car off to the side of the canyon, and they hiked up. And kind of as you go up, you, like, see a couple of small cabins off to the side. So they're, like, looking around in some of them, and they're like, okay, like, there's, there's not really anything going on. So... Then they're like, all right, let's go up to the pool in, like, the big cabin, right? Mm-hmm. And um, at this point, they were, like, like, a little bit spooked. You know, they had, like, heard some noises or whatever, but they were like, it's probably nothing. So they go up to the main cabin, and they try to open the door, and it's, like, locked. Like, com- it's this giant door. The windows are boarded up. Like, there's no way to get into the main cabin. The door's locked. And they keep trying for a couple minutes. They, like, scout out around the building. No other way to get in. And so then they're like, all right, guys, let's just head out. Like, it's going to get dark soon. And Joe tries one more time on the door, and it just swings right open. And he's like, oh. What? And, the, and the, so they, like, turn around because they're just like, like, the opening of the door. And they, like, turn around. They're like, yeah, Joe, like, attaboy. And he, so Joe, like, steps inside. All of a sudden, the door just goes, boom, slams closed. Only Joe's in there? Only Joe's in there. What? And so they run up there, pounding on the door, and they're like, Joe, 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 boom, boom, boom. And you can hear him on the other side. He's, like, screaming. He's like, guys, guys, get me out. And then all of a sudden, they just hear screaming. Bloody murder. Like, Joe's screaming bloody murder, and out of the windows, it looks like there's a rave going on in there. Just, like, absolute screaming. It's nuts. What? And so they're, like, trying for, like, a minute. And finally, the scr- his screaming stops. And then, like, a few seconds later, they, like, try on the door again, and it just opens right up. And they, like, peek in, and Joe's just sitting, um, facing away from them, just kind of slumped over on the floor, just on his knees. And um, so the professor, like, goes over, and he's like, Joe, like, Joe, are you all right? And he puts his hand on his shoulder, and Joe turns around and starts choking out the professor. What? Like, hands around the neck, starts choking him out. <gasps> and so then Billy and Bob come over, shove Joe off, and Joe, like, sk- 
runs around him and runs out the front door and just goes running off. And so they're like making sure that the professor's all right. They're like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm good. Like I'm, I'm chilling. And so Billy's like, okay guys, like I'm done. Like I'm, I'm going home. They're like, bro, what about Joe? He just ran off into the woods. Like we need to go find him. And, um, so he's, but he's just like, no, I'm, I'm going home. So Billy's gone. Joe's lost. And it's just the professor and Bob now. And so, what? um, they, they're like, okay, well we're not leaving until we find Joe. So they start looking around, um, the cabins and stuff, um, while Billy walks back to the car and they are, and like the professor's peeking inside all these little cabins, seeing if there's any sign of Joe or anything, listening for noises. And then he like goes back out and he doesn't see Joe anywhere or he doesn't see, um, Bob anywhere. He's like, uh, Bob. And then he looks down to the pool and he sees Bob in the bottom of the pool, and he, like, looks like he's, like, drowning. Like, his face is, like, starting to get a little bit purple. And he's just, and, like, in the bottom of the pool. And so um, the professor, like, runs over and jumps in, and the second that he hits where the water would have been, mm-hmm. it's just, like, molasses, just thick darkness all around him. And it's just, like, boom, boom, boom. Like, you can hear his own heartbeat in his ears. And he's just, like, trying to claw, claw through it. But I kind of think of it as, like, um, in Hercules when he has to, like, swim through, you know, like, yeah, all the dead yeah. people to get to him. Yeah. And so he's, like, clawing Wait, through was it. was there anything, was there water in it? In the no, pool? there's no water in it. There's yeah, that's a pool. good, yeah, that's an important detail. So there's no water in the pool or nothing. It's he's just, like, like, swimming in nothing. Exactly. And oh, so finally what? he, like, reaches Bob. And, like, the second that he touches him, it's just, like, the darkness is, like, sucked out. Just, <laughs> and then they they're like all right let's get out of here now and it's starting to get dark so they run back to their car drive home and they call the police and they let them know like we need search and rescue our friend joe is out there they let him know um everything that happened like okay yeah like we'll get right on it and so they are like sitting there telling their other roommates about like all that had happened and all of a sudden joe comes in the door he like bursts in and he's like covered in blood and bruises and scratches from like walking all the way home through the woods Uh and whatever else happened and they're like like joe are are you okay and he's like um and he just starts bawling and just breaks down sobbing Uh in the middle of the floor and so the professor um tells my buddy matt he's like so and like the whole class like okay so nobody go to the nunnery ever okay and they're like, yeah, yeah, of course not. And so then Matt and his friends go to the nunnery that weekend. And because they're, they're like, we got to go. And so oh they, they get gosh. a big group together and they drive up to the nunnery and they're like walking up the hill and they're like starting to pass some of the small cabins. It's like a hill. And then like on top of the hill is like this pool. So you can't really see the pool until you're like up on top. Mm-hmm. And same with like the big cabin. And so they're like passing some little ones and nothing really has gone on. And then. Matt's buddy, we'll call him John. John's like, bro, we got to go up to the pool. And he's like, bro, like, what about what the professor said? And he's like, bro, think of the story. And he's like, true. So they start walking up the hill, and all their friends are like, no, like, we're not going. So it's just Matt and John going up the hill. And um, as they get closer, they start hearing, like, sounds from coming from the pool. Just like, just like, like Rice Krispies? Yeah, exactly. Like Rice Krispies right in their ears. <laughs> and so but they're just like, oh, shoot. And so Matt's like, bro, 
Like, we cannot, like, we can't, we can't go any further. And he's just like, but bro, think of the story. And Matt's like, facts. So John is not a good friend. Yeah, so they keep that going. That would never convince me. Right? Like, think of the story. No. <laughs> yeah, it, it might convince me. But they, so they kept, <laughs> so they kept walking. And um, when they get to the top, they can see, like, light coming over the edge. Like, uh, like from where the pool would be. Oh. From what they understand about it. And they're just like, holy crap. And... Matt's, like, barely able to force himself to, like, look up over to, like, see the pool. And then he looks over, and it's just a bunch of college kids watching a movie in the what? pool. What? Like, they, were, they had just, like, had a projector and stuff set up. And so they were, like, and the, so they were just, like, oh, yeah, no, you're actually, like, lucky that we were in here because we, like, got permission from the owners. Otherwise, you guys would have had the cops call on you probably. And so they, like, they're, like, oh, that's awesome. So they invite, call all their friends up. They've watched the movie with the college students. Then that next week they go back down to – class and they tell um the professor they're like bro we went up to the nunnery and he was like you did what and they're like we went to the nunnery and he was like you're all staying after class and so um after class he like closed the door closes the blinds and is like did i ever tell you what happened to joe and they were like no like it just kind of ended and he was like joe never recovered from it he like went to therapists and um, he got blessings and things, but he could never get over what he, whatever he saw in that cabinet. Like, he never told us about it just because it had, like, such a horrible impact on him. And he took his own life, what? like, a year later because he just couldn't take it anymore, the no intense way. darkness that he saw in there. And so, yeah, that's the nunnery. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So pretty crazy. Want to hear another one? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so... We should have, like, done this around a campfire. Oh, yeah, it's true. Worse. But so another one from my buddy Matt. He had the best scary stories. We, I, I, I like Matt. I want to meet him. He's so cool. Yeah, Elder Worthington. He's, I think, down. You were being told these on your mission. Yeah. No, like, one day. No, about? it was, like, during the beginning of COVID. And <laughs> it was during the beginning of COVID. And I was district leader. And I was just like. Bro, want to have an exchange? Because I was like, that's dope. And so then we just hung out all day and like we like do our lesson, and then afterward we like back to the story. Back not the story. not my proudest day on the mission, but honestly, we didn't have much else to do because it was like right at the beginning of COVID, mm-hmm. and nobody knew what we were supposed to do yet. Okay. We like made content. This other story. Okay, so Matt and his boys. They went. One of his friends. We will call him Ian. Ian had. This cabin down in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of Utah. Why is it People need to stop doing that. So the, like, and it was, like, out in the middle of the desert. And so they were, like, okay, like, yeah, let's go down and, like, spend the weekend. So they get a big group of boys together. There are, like, 12 of them. And they go down and um, they spend the whole day, like, riding four-wheelers and just going off exploring um, off in the, like, hills around the cabin. And finally at night they go back home and they're like all right guys we got to spend we got to play like some night games and stuff and um this cabin is like it's pretty old but it's like also pretty massive and so like no one is around for like miles and miles and miles and there's this like front porch area where you put your shoes and stuff and then there's like the front door and um then there's like the inside of the house and there aren't a whole lot of windows and so they decided to play um sardines basically no but like i could not but like um yeah so like the it's like pitch black and everybody's like trying to jump out and like scare you you know and like went before they get caught and so they get their buddy let's call him tim 
they get their buddy Tim to be the first person in. And he's like, nah, bro, like, I don't want to do this. And they're like, nah, bro, you have to. And so um, he, like, goes out into the shoe area in the front of the house and um, starts counting. And on the bottom floor, there's, like, a little living room area with a TV and, like, a couch and um, all their sleeping bags and stuff. Then upstairs, there's, like, just a big main hallway with, like, bedrooms off to the side. Then also on the bottom floor, like, right next to the front door entrance, um, there's the kitchen. Like a little, with like a little island and then like a stove and a fridge. And then underneath the stairs, there's also a little hideaway spot. And there are like bathrooms and stuff. Uh, Tim, he goes out into the shoe area and he starts counting. And everybody's hiding. And most of the guys go upstairs. Mm-hmm. And then downstairs, there um, is one guy. He gets up on the island in the kitchen. Another guy, he um, lays down on the couch. And then Matt, he goes underneath the stairs. And he's, like, hiding back there. And he's, like, bro, he's ne- no way he's going to find me. Mm-hmm. And the light switch to under the stairs is, like, outside of under the stairs. So like, you have to leave from under the stairs in order to turn the light on under there. Mm-hmm. And so Matt's hiding under there. And um, finally, Tim comes in. And, like, it's pitch black in there. You can't see a thing. And he's, like, guys. And he's, like, walking around. He's, like, guys, please chill. Like, please please chill out, guys. And um, whoever was on the island, like, jumps down and scares me. He's, like, wow like freaks him out Mm -hmm. and um so then he like that kid like runs upstairs like goes upstairs to rehide again and so then tim like goes over to the couch and that person like grabs him by the ankle and freaks him out he's like "Ah!" and so then that kid runs upstairs and then he goes back around passes by the front of under the stairs like and matt's like oh i'm gonna get him on the way back but then like he um just goes right back to the kitchen so matt's like dang it and He's, like, checking around in the kitchen again, and um, Tim, set, from his perspective, he's, like, feeling around, and next to the fridge, there's, like, like little hole where, like, usually there's, like, a broom and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, feels back, and he feels somebody's face. No. Like, a man's face. No. And he just feels, and then he just hears, you found me. <laughs> and he's, like, okay, like, yeah, I found another person. So then Tim goes upstairs. So, so he's not even scared at this point. He doesn't know. Because he's not. Yeah. He just thinks it's like... Yeah, he thinks it's one of his buddies. Oh but gosh. Matt's under the stairs, and he's counting his buddies. He's like, hold up. He's like... And at that point, Tim has already gone upstairs. He's like, frick. I'm down here with someone else, and he knows that we found him. He oh knows my that, gosh. Like, and there's like a knife drawer right next to the fridge. He's like, frick. And he's like, and it's pitch black. Like, what am I going to do? And so he is like slowly reaching he's like slowly trying to crawl toward the light to like turn it on or whatever and he's like frick like i'm screwed and he's just terrified like he's shaking and he i feel like i would just stay and hide i don't know i don't know but he is like crawling toward the light and then he like hears his buddies like two of his buddies coming down the stairs and so he like dives for the light and he's like guys 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 and then like everybody comes down they're like what's going on these and he's like tim what happened next to the fridge and he's like um like, I, fe- I, like, felt into the crack and, like, felt, felt somebody's face. Who was it? And, like, nobody, everybody's, like, nobody was there, bro. Oh, my gosh. And he's, gosh. like, no, they said, like, they flat out said, like, you found me. And he's, like, no, bro. Like, no one was there. Oh, my God. None gosh. of us were riding there. And so he's, like, freaking out. And <laughs> Tim doesn't scare super easy, but he's just, like, holy smokes. Like, he's, he's freaking out. Yeah, the lights are all on. But so they're, like, okay, guys, let's take this fetcher out. So they lock the front door and they all, 
Yeah, and so they all grab they all grab knives from the kitchen, and they're going around and they set up a system so that nobody is ever alone. Like everybody is always see at least watching somebody else, and they set up yeah. a system and they check every nook and cranny of that house, and they don't find anybody. And they're like, "What on earth?" They're like, "Okay, maybe he just like snuck out through the front door during all the panic, just barely, okay. or like, like I don't know." He, like, he can't be in the walls or anything. Like, wh- wh- where would he be? And so he, they check everything, and then they decide, they're all still kind of freaked out. So they're like, okay, let's like watch a movie. And so they all get into their sleeping bags, and they're like, we, we're pulling an all-nighter, and then we're driving back home tomorrow. But they um, are all in their sleeping bags. They watch the movie, and like slowly they just start like kind of dropping off like flies, like just falling asleep. Yeah. And so then Matt like wakes up in the middle of the night, and he like hears noises upstairs and no! he, just hears, he just hears like creaking and he's like frick and he but he's like so exhausted because at this point it's like 4 30 in the morning and like the dvd thing is bouncing around on the screen yeah. you know and he's just like oh my gosh and he's like guys guys we we gotta we, and then he just like falls back asleep and in the morning they're like okay like looks like look, looks like it was nothing and then um, they go to the front door and it's unlocked. Oh my god! Like somebody had come down, unlocked it, and walked out the front door. <gasps> and they were like, "Guys, did anybody leave last night to like pee outside or look at the stars or anything?" And everybody's like, "No, like not a chance. I'm leaving here." And so somebody was inside the house. Oh my gosh, that's insane. Yeah, I don't know what I would do. I, I really don't know. I would run away immediately. I feel like I would have driven home. I'd be like, yeah, I know they, they did. That night I would have left. I would have left that night. Yeah. Yeah. Holy oh, so scary, though. Okay, we're going to take a quick break from Pete's Spooky Stories and hear what you guys have submitted to us. So let's get to it. The story is, a group of my buddies, we went up to my buddy's property to camp. And my friend, he is really scared of the dark, really scared of ghost stories. And so we took a walk from his campsite to the pond it's probably like half a mile, so nothing crazy. But we were just trying to scare him the whole time. And we got to the pond and then started coming back. We were telling scary stories. And uh, my buddy and I decided to go up in front of them, like run up in front of them to the campsite and just scare them. And so it was me and my buddy Brayden. And Brayden was in front of me the whole time, but I didn't realize that. I thought he was to the side of me. So he ran up. He ran up to this tree in front of me. But I didn't know that. And I ran to this tall grass field and I started to lay down. But I thought he was next to me the whole time because I thought, so there's a person that was um, in, with me in the grass field that just laid down right in front of me. I was like, get down, get down. And so I just saw the body slowly go down into the grass field. And so all the group comes back and my buddy in the tree, he runs and scares my friend. And I'm like, wait because I was waiting for him the whole time to get get up from the grass field and to go scare him because they passed by and my buddy ran out from the tree and I was like oh crap and so I booked it after him just pissing my pants (laughs) and um I was like yo like were you there the whole time he's like no I was I was by the tree and we went back to the spot where I was sitting at and there was just so the grass was um bedded down it was like someone was laying down right there and it was not where I was at so it was pretty creepy 
I got pretty scraped up too. I ran into a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Spooky. Um, so one time out in Duchesne, um, it's there's a lot of uh, Indian land. So one of the Native American like traditions or not traditions, what's it called? Like myths or something? Yeah. It's about skinwalkers. And a skinwalker is a very like high up Indian person and Abin's um the basic premises of a skinwalker is that you can shape shift from a human to an animal or some sort. And you have to be a pretty high up like Native American to become a skinwalker. And there's a place that we go camping, um, and you have to drive through a big old um Indian reservation and it's called White Rocks. Um White Rocks is always a pretty scary place. Just because there's just a ton of like cr creepy people and there's always a ton of dogs and so whenever we drive through there dogs would come out and most of them were strays so like stray dogs would come out and chase your car but we never really thought anything of it and then one night um we were coming back from camping so i was in the car with my brother and i was in the back seat because both my brothers were in the front seat and then my dad and my other family members were in the car about like 50 some odd yards behind us and we we're driving it was like 10 o'clock at night super dark and all these dogs came out and started chasing our car. And we didn't really think anything of it because they were all barking and chasing our car. And then it was about six of them. And then like five of the dogs kind of just like dipped off to the side of the road. And then one dog kept up pace with our car. And we were going like 35, 40 miles an hour. And this dog was just right alongside our car, just keeping pace, keeping pace. And then all of a sudden, like all the barking stopped. And we're like, what the heck? So we look behind us and my dad's behind us so we can see like his headlights and standing dead center in the middle of the road is just an Indian in full headdress. Just standing there, just like a chief Indian, full headdress, full everything, no dogs in sight, and the dude's standing in the middle of the road. And so that terrified us, so then we floored it, and then when we got back home, we talked to my dad, and we're like, hey, did you guys see that Indian in the middle of the road? And he's like, there was never an Indian in the middle of the road. And so, skinwalkers are real, kids. Oh my gosh! This one is about Little Green Man. Have you ever heard this one? Baby Yoda? What? No. Baby Yoda? <laughs> no, not Grogu. So they're back in the day um, when phones were like first kind of becoming like popular, they were still pretty expensive to set up. And so the only people in the valley that had like phones were doctors and like police officers. And so there was this doctor and oh, no. he was down in the middle of he was down in the middle of Utah. And Why are they always in Utah? Because Utah's spooky. <laughs> but he, so he's just like in this random um, valley out in the middle of nowhere. And he, this was like his first job as a doctor. Like he just finished medical school. And um, so he like set up, sets up his office and he's sitting there one day, just to, finished helping a client. And all of a sudden he gets a call and he's like, oh. And so he answers the phone. He's like, hello. And on the other side, he cheers, help me. He's like. Um, okay, like, can you tell me, like, where you are? And it's like, help me. And he's like, okay, I need you to tell me, like, where you are. And so he just hears this little voice described, like, out in these hills where this house is. Like, um, if you go down this road, then you'll see this structure off to the side. He's like, okay, okay like, I'll be there um, probably within the hour. And he's like, hurry. And so he's what? like, okay. So he gets in his automobile and he rides out. Automobile? Yeah, that's what it was back then. And so it's not getting in his truck, but he so he rides out there and he looks up and he sees just out in the middle of nowhere, like no structures around for miles and miles. He sees this little shed and he's like, oh, what the heck? So he 
um, grabs his bag and he starts hiking up this hill through the sagebrush. And, you know, who doesn't love the spot where the sagebrush goes? And so he's he's loving it. And so then he gets up to the shed and he opens up this creaky wooden door. And inside, um, there's nothing. He's like, what the heck? He's like, this has to be like, there's nothing else around here. And then he looks down, there's this tiny like little rope loop. And so he lifts it and the whole floor just like opens up and there's this big staircase that goes down to the earth. And so in the earth, just, yeah, the staircase goes down to the earth. And so he starts going down and just goes down and down and down. And eventually he pulls out his flashlight because it's getting so dark down there. No sunlight's getting in. And he goes down, down, down. And when he gets to the bottom, he turns to his right and there's this um, hallway. And so he walks down it and then he finds this door. And on the door is this, like, it's this brass doorknob. And on the brass doorknob is just this little goblin-looking guy, this little green man. So he turns the door, and he goes in, and there's another staircase. So he goes down, 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 down. And when he reaches the bottom, there's another door, and again with this little green man. So he opens it up, and inside there's this room. And he walks in, and it's pretty dimly lit, but he goes over to the corner, and he finds this little green man sitting there. Just laying on the ground. He's just, uh, 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 real ragged breathing. And he goes over and he's like, hey, are you okay? And the little green man looks over. And then he runs out the room. He runs around the doctor, runs out the door, slams the door behind him, and he can just hear him running up the stairs. The doctor's like, what on earth? And then he looks down and his hands are starting to shrink and become what? shriveled and green. And pretty soon he becomes this little green man. And then he looks over in the corner and there's this phone. And so he runs over to this desk, gets on this chair, and dials the doctor. What? It just keeps repeating itself. Mm-hmm. Over and over and over again. Yeah. So when, is it like you have to get someone else to come? Yeah, so that you can exactly. Be... So the curse can be lifted from you. Yeah, kind of crazy, huh? That's terrible. So Matt, his parents were like over this camp. That's the scariest part of this whole episode. Pete's belly button was out the whole time. <laughs> Just for a little bit. Um, but the... So, Matt, his parents were, like, in charge of this camp for troubled youth. And so, basically, what they would do is, like, just take them out into the middle of nowhere, take them rock climbing. Like, they go rappelling off this cliff. They just go out into the middle of nowhere where the stars are just beautiful. They have a campfire. Builds character. And exactly, yeah, they just have, like, a little camp out there, right? Kind of cool. Cool. And, um, yeah, I know when I heard it, I was like, damn, I kind of want to be a troubled youth. That sounds awesome. That sounds fun. But, um, so they go out there, they drive out, they go repelling off this cliff and they, and like some of the boys start running while the mom and dad, they start setting up camp up on top of the cliff, like up on top of the ridge. And so then they, so then it starts to get dark. And the boys are just, like, running around. You can kind of see them, like, way out there. Like, just an endless expanse of just nothingness. And they're just running out. And as it's getting darker, all of a sudden, they just see this light. This, like, fire. This campfire. And, like, figures dancing around. Just out in the middle of nowhere. Like, the figures weren't there before. But then once the fire starts, like, they appear there. And they're, like, dancing around it and, like, running around it. And they're, like, what on earth? And so they're, like, yelling for the boys. Like, boys, like, get back here. Like, get back here now. And... So they're like running back and um, then all of a sudden the fire like goes out. Like, 
okay, like maybe, maybe we're okay. And it's starting to get darker and darker. And all of a sudden it pops up again, closer to the boys. What? And they're like, guys, get back here now, now, now. And so like screaming at them. And eventually they get back and there's like a little like side trail that you can get up to the top of the cliff on, yeah. you know, so you don't have to climb up. But so they run up and they're like, like, what's, what's wrong? And they like point out and there's just this fire and then it will go out. Then it pops up in other ways. What the heck? Kind of like in Brave. Um, Maybe it's a good thing because, you know, in Brave, when it's like (laughs) those little things that pop up, the little lights that are leaving. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay. So. No, now I remember. Okay, no, I'm actually just telling the story of Brave. So then the mom turns into a bear. (laughs) But no, so then, so they're like, okay, guys, like we um, are too far in. Like it would take us all night to hike back to our car yeah. to like leave so we're just going to stay here for the night and then hike back first thing in the morning and why so why do they always wait until the morning because hiking back through the night would be way more dangerous yeah, i feel like so they build a fire so they have light and then they like put all their bags um in the middle and like by the fire and then they like all just get up real nice and close to each other and they try to set up like guard posts like the mom will stay awake for a little bit, then the husband, and then um, they and they just keep seeing like this light just moving. And sometimes it's really close, and they can like just hear like voices and stuff, and then it's like further away. And they're like, "What is going on? Like this is nuts." And so then eventually, the mom is on guard duty, and she's like up, and all of a sudden she just like starts to nod off. It's just she's so exhausted, and so. She eventually falls asleep. When she wakes up, all the bags that were in the middle of them, all gone. And their fire completely smothered. And they're like, oh my gosh. Like, they were were up here. And she looks out and she just sees the fires dancing again. And then the last fire before the sun kind of starts to rise, they like look out. And she like woke up her husband when that happened, of course. And it's like, like, they were here. Like, the bags are gone. The fire's out. And so they like restart the fire and stuff. And then they are a little bit more vigilant about it. They get some of the boys to stay up with them so that at least two people are awake at a time. Mm-hmm. But then when the sun finally starts to rise, um, the last fire finally, like, goes out. And as the sun rises, you can just see, like, this pile of bags just out in the, like, middle of the desert. And so they, like, go out there, and, yeah, it's just all their stuff piled up. And so they just take it, and then they left. Yeah. What the heck? Who's they? They don't know, right? They don't know who was there putting the fires. But it was, like, That's too, so like, insanely fast. Like, it yeah. was supernatural uh, how the fire moved. That's so crazy. <sighs> yeah, pretty crazy. Arya, tell us how you feel. I feel fine because whenever people, whenever scary things are happening, I just think about it logically and then I'm like, oh, that's stupid. Like, we watched a scary movie the other day and I was like, I was dumb. <laughs> She was pretty freaked out. It was lights out, and she made me turn the lamp on before leaving, so. That's true, but then I thought about it. I mean, I wasn't thinking about it logically yet. What about the guy in the house? The guy in the cabin? Yeah, that's fetching scary. They were logical about it. They were smart. I'm just Guys never, in houses is never scary. going to a, a cabin. Ever. Dun, dun, dun! Hey, none of that is as scary as when the little emojis pop up in your car. Oh, like the, <laughs> like the check engine light. <laughs> when it's time to Oil get gas. Light, the gas light. Ooh, and your dad's at home? 
That is terrifying. Where's my dad? Have you not heard that? I have not heard that. That is all over everywhere. No, no, no. Is it Nemo? Okay, yes. I have heard okay. it. I have heard it. I was going to cancel you for a minute. <laughs> we hope you guys have a happy Halloween. Everyone come to our Halloween party. On Tuesday. Tuesday at what time? 7.30. Everyone come to our Halloween party Tuesday at 7.30. And wear a costume. Wear a costume or you'll be sent home. It's going to be so fun. There will be a concert. Concert, costume contest, bobbin for apples, hot chocolate, the whole nine yards. Some mm-hmm. spooky good fun. It'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see you guys there. We hope you have a very spooky Halloween. Who stole our mannequin? Who stole our mannequin? We had a party, a back-to-school bash, and I over the summer I worked at Athleta, and I got a mannequin from them that they were going to throw away. And I brought it up here and was so excited to prank people with it. And then somebody in our party stole it. And so now all we have is the arm. Yeah. So if anyone knows where it's at, please let us know. Let us know. You will be rewarded with cookies or something yeah. <laughs> i don't know love you all we love you remember don't be a dry sponge okay bye happy halloween <laughs>